Amen. You can be seated. Let's open to Proverbs 28. Let's go to Proverbs 28. And uh, as we start the new year of 2015, uh, Pastor Diane had found a very interesting uh, acrostic. An acrostic is, uh, it's on the back of your bulletin. It's uh, uh, start, S-T-A-R-T. An acrostic, each letter in start, S-T-A-R-T, S-T-A-R-T. Each of those letters makes a point or stands for something. And uh, so as we start the new year 2015, let's use this word start, S-T-A-R-T, as an acrostic. And we have some good biblical thoughts from from this acrostic start. And it was, let's give credit where credit is due. It was developed by Reverend Jim Mooney. I don't know who he is. He doesn't probably know who I am. But nonetheless, let's talk about start. I'm looking forward to starting a new year. Uh, there's some things in 2016 that were good. And there's some things that I'm kind of, I'm 2016, tw- whatever, 24, where are we at? 2014. There's some things in 2014 that were good. And there's some things in 2014. I'm glad that we're leaving 2014 and moving on. How about you? And so as we go into 2015, start S T A R T S. What does that stand for? According to this reverend, stop what? So we're going to start by stop stopping something. Let's start by stopping something. Let's stop making excuses. Has anyone ever made excuses besides me? I mean, you know, and in Proverbs 28, 13, the living Bible. I don't know if we have that one or not, but on the on the projector, but it's it says this. It says, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. That's one of the neatest things about God is he'll always allow us to admit where we've missed it, repent, make the correction, and he gives us another chance. Isn't that wonderful? And that's that's something that I really appreciate about him. And... Uh, But notice a person that refuses to admit their mistakes can never be successful. Um, You know, somebody said this, if you've always done what you've all, if you've all, let's see, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always be what you've always been. Have you ever heard that? And uh, I think Einstein said the, the true definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing that doesn't work. Keep doing it over and over and over and over again. And get the same result. Something like that. But that is insanity, isn't it? I mean, that may not be exactly what he said, but it's real close. That is, it is insane. To, if something's not working, it, it, you're doing, you just keep doing it over and over and over and over again. And you get the same results. It'd be time to make a change, wouldn't it? And, uh, and so, a lot of times we'll do things and we'll do them for years and years and years and, and they never work out. It's always a struggle, always hard, always difficult. Things never work out. And rather than admitting that, hey, I'm doing something wrong here. Things aren't going the way they need to be going. I'm doing something wrong. Rather than admitting that and making a change and just confessing it to the Lord and, and getting another chance and making a change... 
So many times people will refuse to admit. You know, it's hard to admit that you were wrong. It's hard for people to admit that. It's really, really hard. And it's hard for me to admit it. Uh, it's a whole lot easier to make excuses, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, yeah. A lot of times people will will make excuses for their unsavory behavior. Well, I was born this way, so that's why I act the way I do. Or, or I was raised this way. And then they lay it off on their mom or dad who raised them, you know, or whoever it was. A lot of times I've heard this over the years where people are acting unsavory and and they're doing things and whatnot and things aren't going the way that they should. And they'll make an excuse and they'll say, well, it's just my personality to be this way. Well, it may be your personality, but you can you can make some changes, can't you? Sure you can. It's it's my personality to eat a dozen donuts at a time. But that was killing me. So I made a change. When I went to see the doctor this last year for my annual physical, he freaked out because the last time he saw me, I weighed 60 more pounds than what I did this last time. He freaked out. He couldn't believe it. He said that he's he's almost never seen anybody because he was going to have to put me on cholesterol medicine. And he said that he's he's he was astounded, absolutely amazed. He says he says that almost like ninety nine point nine nine percent of the people would rather go on cholesterol medicine than to adjust what they're eating. Is that something? Is that something? And so, you know, uh, I used to uh, make excuses. And, and when I was eating it, you know, I just well, I just I'm just hungry. I just I just need it. Those are excuses, aren't they? And then here's one, the devil made me do it. Did you know the devil cannot make you do anything? As a Christian, the devil cannot make you do anything. Now, he can tempt you, but he can't make you do anything. You need to realize that. But, you know, it's a whole lot easier to lay things off on the devil than it is to take responsibility and say, it's not the devil making me do it. It's just it's my flesh and I need to get my flesh under control. Um, one thing I've learned about my flesh, it loves to make excuses and it loves to lay the blame off on somebody else. Didn't we see that in the Garden of Eden with Adam? Didn't he make an excuse right after he'd sinned? And what did he do? And I've done it. I've done it. Something goes wrong. He pointed the finger. Didn't he? Huh? Didn't he? Yeah. And then a lot of times women will do the same thing. They'll say, well, it's this man you gave me, you know, Lord. It's making excuses. Well, uh, sometimes people are frustrated. They say, well, things just turned out this way. And did you know that in most cases things turn out the way they do because of decisions you made years ago? I mean, if you really get honest with yourself, things now there's some exceptions, but 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 for the most part, you know, things are the way they are right now because of decisions you made some years ago. It's the truth. 
I said, it's the truth. I can see things in my life right now that, you know, if I had done some things differently years ago, things would, wouldn't be the way they are now. Things would be, it would be different, you see. But, uh, you know, here's what I've written in my notes, though, is the last thing I want to say about this first point. Is stop making excuses and start making some changes. That's pretty good, isn't it? Stop making excuses and start making some changes. But you know what I've learned? I want to say this again. And maybe I'll get through to one or two of you. I I don't know. Maybe I will. But I have seen 99% of the people that I've dealt with will not change. They just won't. They just will not do it. They and and you can't. And one of the hardest things is is getting people to see that they need to. And then even if you get people to see that they need to, almost without exception, they won't do it. Did you get what I just said? I'm talking from 20 plus years, 30 years experience dealing with people that almost without exception, people will not change. And and even if you point it out to them, they still won't change. One of the most interesting things that uh, that I've learned over the years and, and Doug Jones, who is uh, uh, he's the Rama director of the of the minister of ministers for Rama out Brother Hagen's school, you know, in Tulsa. And uh, for Raymond Ministerial Association, he's he's one of the the like the national international director. And he's been here and preached a few times. And he worked in healing school for years and years and years at Rama. And he told me personally, he said, Terry, he said. He said, people will come from all over the, the United States and even sometimes from around the world to Tulsa to the healing school because they've been diagnosed with a terminal condition. And he said that, that he learned this and, and, and he told me and it astounded me. But, but, he, but I can see now that he's exactly right. He said people come with terminal conditions. And yet, even in the midst of that terminal condition, they will not change. They will not change. They will not change. I remember another minister telling the story of a person that was diagnosed with lung cancer. And uh, as the story went... They had to have a uh, some sort of a tracheotomy, I guess. Is that what you call it? A cut here. And they had lung cancer and had a tracheotomy. And the minister went over to visit them at the hospital. And they just had, you know, just just, you know, months at most to live. And this person had been a smoker all of their life. And now they have lung cancer and they just got short time to live. <clears throat> and. uh the minister walked into the room and the person was smoking a cigarette out of the trachea. Now, you talk about somebody that refused to change. So you don't be that way. Let's don't be that way. What do you say? Let's have sense enough to change. Okay? So you evaluate your So that's S. T. Let's go to T. What does T stand for? You got your bulletin there. Take what? Take an inventory of your life. Take an inventory of your life. You know, most companies take a take a yearly inventory, don't they? And uh, and so we ought to do that of our life. 
Notice uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. I'm going to read this in the Message Bible. It says, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Get yourselves regular checkups. Well, how many of you go annually to the doctor for a regular annual checkup of your physical body? If you don't, you really need to, if at all possible. But if we would do that with our natural body, we ought to check up on our spiritual well-being, don't you think? Give yourselves regular checkups. He's talking about spiritual things here. You need first-hand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, if you fail the test, if you fail the test, what? Do something about it. Well, that would have to do with change, wouldn't it? Now, of course, he's talking about examining yourself to be sure that you're a Christian. And uh, certainly he was talking to the church in Corinth about that. And, uh, you know, the spirit of God will bear witness with our spirit that we're children of God, you know. And so, you know, I always check on myself just just you know the spirit bears witness i'm a believer in the lord jesus christ that's good but not only as it pertains to being a christian but you know the bible says in another place all that is not a faith is sin all that is not a faith is sin he said he said uh uh test yourselves make sure you're solid in the faith be sure that not only as it pertains to being a Christian, I mean, you got born again at some point in your life, you repented of your sins, placed your faith in Jesus. If you did that, then you're a Christian. That's good. But in the other areas of your life, you ought to check up on yourself and ask yourself, are you walking and living by faith? Doesn't the Bible say the just will live by faith? And, and the Bible says all that is not of faith is sin. See, a lot of times we think that, you know, cussing or stealing or, or cheating or, or these sorts of things uh, are sin and they are. But, but did you know that when we uh, doubt God in a certain area, did you know that's sin? Did you know that it is? All that's not of faith is what? Is sin. So examine yourself. Look at yourself. Test yourself. Be sure. That's what the Bible said. Do take an inventory and see if you're living by faith and you're walking by faith. And what does that mean? That means that you're 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 studying the word of God and you're doing everything that you can to live according to it, to live according to it. You know, there's more than just believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You understand it? Now, that's what gets you saved. But the Bible says that you also have to live according to what the Bible says. Now, the living according to it, the good works that you would do, that doesn't save you. Somebody say amen. amen. But if you're truly saved, you'll also live according to the word of God. And it takes faith to live according to the word of God. So, so you have to examine yourself, take an inventory and see if you're living by faith and you're, you're walking according to the word of God and notice how many of you when, when you were in school, you I remember the books that we used to use in, in high school. And even as I was a teacher at the end of each section, there'd be a little self real loud, say self test, real self test. Self-test. Anybody remember that in, in the books, a little self test and, and you'd give yourself a little self test to see how you're doing. And, and, and we ought to do that. 
in our Christian walks and examine ourselves and and see if we're in the faith, if we're walking according to the word of God. And if we are good and if if we're not, what did it say? It's real loud. Say say this. Say do something about it. Do something about it. Do something about it. And there's another scripture that says if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Isn't God wonderful? He allows us to judge ourselves and make the corrections so he doesn't have to. All right. Let's look at the next letter of start. S.T. What's next? A. A. And what does your bulletin say? The A stands for what? Well, we've already been talking about that. Faith. Act in faith. Matthew 9, 29. Matthew 9, 29. Act in faith. Is that what he had? Matthew 9, 29 in the bulletin there? That minister? What's his name? Mooney? Makes me think of uh, Lucy's boss, Mr. Mooney. How many remembers him? Well, let's just move on. Some of you don't remember that. Act in, you know who Lucy is, don't you? Lucille Ball. Anyway, let's move on. Act in faith. Matthew 9, 29. Jesus touched their eyes and he said, according to your faith, let it be to you. And so we need to be sure that as we move into 2015, that we're acting in faith, that we're living by faith. And the Bible says faith without corresponding action is what? Is dead. You remember a moment ago when I said we need to live according to it? That's what we're saying. Faith without corresponding action is dead. Faith, we could say it another way, faith without works is dead. See? So there needs to be corresponding action. And, uh, you see this again and again in the Bible that, that, uh, uh, and, 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 and it's possible, and I've said this before, and it's, it's so true because it comes right from the Bible. You can have faith and it not do you any good. Remember the man there in Lystra? I think it was in Lystra. I think it was. You can read it in the book of Acts where he was crippled from his mother's womb. Remember that? And Paul was speaking there. In the, in the, in, and again, let's see. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the... Word of God. And so this man was sitting there crippled. And and the Bible says that he heard Paul speaking. The Apostle Paul. And then the Bible says that Paul perceived that this man had faith to be healed. How many of you remember that? But the man, even though he had faith to be healed, he was still just as crippled as he ever was. And then the Bible says, Paul said with a... Loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, something like that. Remember that? And the Bible said that he leaped and he walked. See, he had faith to be healed, but he was still just as crippled as he ever was. Why did Paul use the loud voice to try to get the man to release his faith? How is faith released? It's released through words and or actions. So as we go into 2015, be sure that... You're hearing the word. How does faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But then once you've heard the word, you accept it, you believe it. Now you've got faith. But then how do you release the faith? By action, by by acting on it, by by speaking it out of your mouth or by or by uh, uh, doing something. You see, did you get that? 
And this this kind of goes back to what I what we said a moment ago about about people changing. I I've watched this over the many, 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 many years where I've seen people have heard the word of God. And they had faith to do whatever it is they needed to do, whatever it was, whatever area they needed to. To proceed in, they had the faith because they'd heard the word, they had the faith. But they never acted they never acted. They never they never had that corresponding action. They never acted on it. And so they sit year after year, year after year, year after year, and nothing ever changes. And they've got the faith. They've got the faith to be healed. They've got the faith to, to receive whatever it is they need. They've got the faith to move on. But you have to step out. And that's sometimes the very hardest part is the stepping out. See, we, let me read from my notes. We walk by faith, not by sight. The just shall live by faith. It takes faith to please God. Listen to this. To move on with God. How many of you want to move on with God? To move on with God, it takes faith and that, and that will stretch you. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like to be stretched. Do you? Because being stretched, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? And this, frankly, is why most people don't act in faith is because it'll stretch you. It'll make you uncomfortable. It'll make your flesh uncomfortable. Most times when you come up on a point where you need to act in faith, almost without exception, it'll cause your brain to go tilt. If you're like me. And I can see now as I look back at my life. There, the reason that, 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 that I haven't moved on in some areas is because you get up right to it. And then you need to take that next step. And, bef- it, and if you do anything for God at all, it's going to take faith. Real loud, say faith. And it's going to stretch you. It's going to make your brain go tilt. It's not going to make sense. Did you hear what I just said? It's going to make you uncomfortable. And if you're like me, I would like God to, okay, now God, now you need me to act here in faith. You need me to take that next step. Would you please assure me that once I make that step, that when I do, that you're going to be there to meet me and you're going to tell me exactly what it's going to be like once I make that step. Did you get what I just said? But did you know God won't do that? I'll go over that again because I want you to get it. See, I'd like God... To just explain everything, you know, uh, Terry, I want you to do thus and so. Okay, God, I'll do it. But now before I make that step, I want you to be sure that every you assure me that everything's going to be fine. Once I make that step, did you know God won't do that? He won't assure you that everything's going to be fine. He'll just tell you to make the step. Do you remember when he told Abraham to leave his homeland? It took faith, didn't it? And and the Bible says that they went out not knowing where they were going. And see, if you're going to live for God, if you're going to advance in the things of God, uh, you're going to have to act in faith. And 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 I can see that in my life right now, that, that as I look back, there's been times where he's wanted me to take a step or do this or do that or do the other, you see. And uh and I haven't done it because I was afraid. Well, what if it don't work? Well, what if it does? 
What if it don't work? Well, what if it does? Now, don't sit there and look at me judgmental because I'll guarantee it to you. Every one of you have done just what I've done. Every one of you. Nobody's exempted from this. I'm, I'm sure. Is that right? See, it's real easy to look at me. See, a lot of times, a lot of times I'm too quick to confess all my faults before you. I'm trying to do that to help you. But, you know, if you're not watchful, you can get to thinking, well, the pastor messes up a lot. Now, I probably you probably mess up more than I do to be truthful about it. Is that right? Or at least as much. You go along with that at least as much. You just don't have to stand up here and confess to it all. But see, if we're going to go on in, in, with God, we're, we're going to have to get over our brain. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a good brain. There's nothing wrong with using good common sense. Now, I'm not against uh, the Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, not the removing of it. Right. So I'm not saying we need to do stupid, nuts, crazy. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not saying we need to be stupid. But what I am saying is, is that if you move with God, he's going to ask you to do things that's not going to make sense all the time. Tell me at Jericho, he said to go around the city once a day for six days and on the seventh day go seven. Right. And then the last time you go around, shout. And that does that make sense? But they did it, took faith. And you know when they're walking around the city, how many of you know there's going to be people talking bad about them and how stupid they are and how silly they are and crazy they are? If you're going to live for God and move on with God, get ready for people. And I don't mean just sinners, but I'm talking about good Christian folks are going to start saying that you're nuts and you're crazy. And did you hear what I just said? But you can't be moved by that. We're not moved by what what we hear, what we see. We're moved by what we believe concerning the word of God. Did you get what I just said? How many of you know when the, the prophet told Naaman to go dip seven times in the Jordan? Remember that? I think it was the Jordan, was it, wasn't it? Was it the Jordan? And you got to remember that wasn't a clean, nice swimming pool. That was not the nicest river. Why seven times? Why can't I dip six? Why can't I dip three? Well, the word of God said how many times? Seven. And how many of you know when, when Naaman, remember he had leprosy, when he went down, maybe when he came up the third time, if he was like me, he'd be checking it out to see if the leprosy is gone and it's not. So I guess this faith stuff just doesn't work. Well, God said to, through the prophet not to dip three times, but how many times? And I preached a message one time. Uh, don't stop on six. Right? He told him to circle Jericho how many times? Seven. Don't stop on. You see, so we need to find out what God wants us to do and take that step of faith and just go ahead. And and, and I liken it unto a gauntlet. You know what a gauntlet is? You know where you walk down a row and you got people on either sides with clubs and they're just going to beat the tar out of you. That's walking the gauntlet. Okay. Well, when you move with God and he tells you to do something and you start acting in faith, get ready to walk the gauntlet of uh, I'm talking Christian people that sit in the church will start maybe not with a club, but they'll with their with their mouth start. Well, that's stupid. That's crazy. Well, that's stupid. That's crazy. Well, that's crazy. That's stupid. That's crazy. You just got to let it go in one ear and out the other and just move on.
Is that right? So act in faith. All right, then what's the next letter? R. What does that stand for? Refocus. Do you know it's so easy for things to get out of focus? It's just so easy. Have you ever had your camera? You try to take a picture and it's just not quite in focus. Now, most of the time, whenever my camera has been out of focus, did you know I usually don't have to do a whole lot of things to it to get it back in focus? I just have to do a little minor adjustment. A lot of times we think that, you know, well, we've got to do this big, massive, massive overhaul on something to get it to, to be focused. Usually that's not the case. Usually it's just some minor little thing. But did you know if you get off just a minor little, like if you get on a jet airplane in St. Louis and you fly it to California and if they're just off and now Jean's a pilot here, she'll she'll I'm sure she'll attest to this. If you get off just a couple of degrees in St. Louis, now it might not show up right away, but by the time you get to California, you could be way off off the course. Is that right? Big time. Big time. So I want my pilot, whoever that is, I want them staying on course. How about you? But you get off just a little bit. Now, a year from now, you can be way away from where you need to be. How many of you have ever had a radio? I've used this example before, but it bears repetition. And, and, and it's got some static in it. It's because it's not, it's not right tuned in just right on the... So usually you don't have to go spinning it, you know, all the way down the dial. What do you do? You just have to just a little adjustment, just a little adjustment. And I've got satellite uh, uh, radio in my car and there's two places where I can't get get the signal. One is just what I pull out of my garage. There's one point there that he can't get the signal. Another point is under, you know, where uh, 30 goes over. 141, there's a place right down in there. If I'm stopped at the light, I lose, I lose, I lose the signal. But did you know what? I've been sitting there at my garage and down there in Fenton. And just, if I just, if the car in front of me moves up just a little bit and I just pull up just, just maybe, maybe even six inches. Guess what? Boom, the satellite radio comes on. So I've, what have I done there? I've re, I've refocused. And what I'm trying to get across to you is, is you may not need to make a big change, just a little, little adjustment. Let's read Philippians 3.13 here in the New Living Translation. Philippians 3.13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul speaking. I have not achieved it. What does he mean? I'm still not all I should be. Well, I can stand here and tell you I'm still not all I should be. How about you? Now, I'm as born again as I'm ever going to be. I'm as saved as I'm ever going to be because I, because I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You understand that. But I have not developed all that I need to as a Christian. I haven't matured all the way to, to, to where I need to be. And if Paul can say that, how much more could I or you say that? You know, he's not all that he needed to be. I'm not all that I need to be. But I what? I focus. On this one thing. Now, now, what's he focusing on here? Forgetting the past. That's hard to do. That's easier said than done. And I want to say something right now. He said forgetting the past. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't learn from the past. 
That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with thinking about loved ones that we do in the past and, 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 and reflecting back. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you what, you can, I know, I know what I'm talking about here. Did you know it's real easy to live in the past? And you, and what's sad about that, my wife will tell you, I've got, I've probably lost years over this. Living in the past, you can't take advantage of the here and now and enjoy the here and the now, and you sure can't advance and go on in the future. Is that right? Like I use this example, try driving home to, no, don't really try it, but just try driving home, and, and all you're gonna do driving home is, all you're gonna do is look in the rear view mirror. You may not even make it out of the parking lot before you run over some of Diane's flowers. Well, they're the Lord's flowers, but he's entrusted Diane to oversee them, you see. You wonder why we put that. Some of you haven't even you, notice those two yellow posts out there in the parking lot. We put a chain up during the week. You know, I tell you what, this church has turned more people around in Fenton than any other church. People come on here and they turn around. If I, we charge a dollar every time people turn, it's a perfect place to turn around. We'd have enough to build phase six, you know. We could build, no telling what we could build. They turn around. But that wasn't even why we put the chain up. We put the chain up because you'd have big Mack trucks come on. And they'd go down there and they'd, during the week, you know, and they'd, well, not only that, but you'd have, they'd be working on construction up the street and they'd have, They'd have bulldozers out there or, or, or cement trucks, not bulldozers. So, well, they did bring bulldozers sitting on the flatbeds and they had cement trucks out there and just just unbelievable. But but where it went too far is where you'd have a Mack truck come on, you know, a big, big 18 wheeler or whatever they call them. And they'd spin around there. And that wasn't even so bad. But then they would just run right over the, the curbs and break the curbs and run over to flowers and. And uh, the one day Diane was out there working and, and she was like hidden behind some, she was just working and this truck comes on and this pulls around and goes over the curb and crashes the flowers and Diane saw it. And she comes running over there and she just stops the guy. Think about that little lady standing there stopping that guy, that big, that big 18 wheeler. She stopped him and she threatened him too. She said, you know, you put it back, put the, fix it. And so he got out and he fixed it. And Sorry, ma'am. And good for you, Diane. Glad he didn't have a gun. And I, and I got on one of them the one day. I mean, I just, Pastor Terry was in one of those moods and I just came out of my office. I was going down to get a soda and I looked out and his big 18 wheeler had come on the, just come on the turned in and this is where we had to chain up and I went I, you know have you ever been in one of those moods and I was just in one of those moods and, and I just and I ran out there and I got right out there in the entryway and I and that was it you know and he said well sir I've got to turn this thing around I said not on this lot you're not turning it around he said well he said I've got to turn this thing around now you got to remember I've had almost 15 years of systematic abuse on this and uh, why am I telling this? I don't know. But uh, and so I'm, you know, out there in this big old truck. And he said, but sir. And I mean, it was rush hour, too. He said, and it's miserable out there at rush hour trying to get out. He said, well, what am I going to do? I said, you're going to back. I said, I don't know. You're going to back it off this property. And he said, well, what if I turn around? And I said, uh, anyway. And I said, well, what if I call the police as I'm pulling out my phone? 
He said, I'll back it out. And so, and he, A for me. So you think I'm a mean old ogre. Well, it's our tithe money that puts that out there. Do you want people to come out there and just tear it up? I wouldn't have a problem if they just turned around. But when they start tearing stuff up and and that that's where I have the problem, not just turning around. They tear stuff up. That's and they don't they don't. I mean, and I might as well tell you, you probably saw it on Facebook, but Dale was going around the building the other day and somebody stole the church's air conditioner. Oh, yeah, just just. Yeah. Well, we got the big ones are in the back here, but we have a little one over here on the side, you know, and they do it for the copper. They just flat stole it, didn't they? Well, you know what? We're going to buy a new one and put it out there and we're going to put a cage on it this next time. So that's what you and I tell anybody you need to think about if you got air conditioner, you might invest a couple hundred bucks or whatever it is and get a cage put on your your air conditioning unit. Because I never thought they'd they'd hit us here at the church. I never gave it any thought, but but uh, we're going to get a new one. Is it glad we got is it good? We got the money to buy a new one. Don't have to take up a special offering. Isn't that wonderful? And uh, we'll get it out there. And uh, the insurance may cover it, but it's unlikely because it's probably under the d- deductible. But, you know, stealing from anybody's bad, but you steal from a church. That's, that's double bad, isn't it? So you pray for those people and sick the Holy Ghost on them. Get them saved out of the whole deal. What do you say? And then make the devil put it back and then seven times more. What do you say about that? Glory to God. Is that wonderful? But but I would think about because I'm going to do it at home as well. I'm going to get a get put a, have a guard put on so they can't steal them. They do it for the copper. So we need see I'm going to I'm going to refocus on that a little bit. See and get a cage put on and so they can't steal our uh, air conditioning. So real loud say refocus. So we need to. Just refocus. Usually that's just little adjustments, little tweaks here and there. He says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Let's look forward to what lies ahead. What do you say? Good days ahead. The path of the righteous is like the bride of dawn. It gets light of dawn. It gets what? Brighter and brighter. So let's look forward to that. Then verse 14, I press on to reach the end of the race. And receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. And then lastly, so let's let's refocus. And then lastly, T stands for trust. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, see, lean not on your own understanding. See, if you try to understand everything God wants you to do, it, it'll hinder you. It'll hinder you. So we trust in him with all, did it say with all our head or with all our heart? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, see, take inventory. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And when he directs your path, is it going to take faith to walk down it? Yep. Act in faith. So trust in the Lord. I want to trust in the Lord. How about you? Amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? So what did S stand for? Stop making excuses. What did T stand for? Take an inventory. A. Act in faith. R. Refocus. And T. Trust in the Lord. Let's just trust in Him. We trust in Him. Everything will come out okay. What do you say? Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Well, stand with me if you would.
Karen is going to come and close the service with a beautiful song. All is well. How many of you know if we have our faith in Jesus, all is well?